0: Welcome to the Israel Answers series, connecting Israel, the Bible, and you. Join Susan Michael as she explores timely issues and current events from a scriptural perspective to equip the Christian world with a balanced and biblical response. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes, which will ignite your faith and bring the Bible to life in your everyday world. Now, let's join Susan with your Israel Answers.
1: Well, a warm welcome to everyone. We have uh, back with us here live in beautiful Jerusalem, our good friend Rabbi Shmuel Bowman, who is uh, not only a rabbi, but a Torah scribe and is the executive director of operation life shield and he is a a really treasured partner of the international christian embassy jerusalem and a dear friend of ours and dear friend of mine and it's just a joy to have this time with him today to share with you our audience his story as someone that has been a real pioneer and a mover and shaker in jewish christian relations and you know my premise is that we don't read a book about Jews and Christians working together and go out and do it. We learn how to work together by actually working together. We learn the most from our mistakes, but in this series we are interviewing several uh, individuals that have really been very involved in working between Jews and Christians so that we can learn from them, and we can hear their stories. And uh, so it's really wonderful to be here with you again today. And so tell our audience just a little bit about your background. You're from Canada, but tell us a bit about your family and your background.
0: Thank you, Susan. Yes, I'm from Toronto, Canada, and I grew up in a home that was uh, very traditional in terms of our uh, Jewish observance, very strong Zionist. Um, and we had a very open home. Uh, I learned, really, from my parents uh, that our home was a place, in a sense, like uh, the Tent of Abraham, right? Open on all sides. Everyone is invited to uh, come in, and since we were so proud of our uh, Jewish identity and our practice, uh, we were just happy to model it, and we found that that was something that Uh, a lot of people wanted to uh, experience a place to ask questions a place to try things out and so as a result it was very very common for our home to have uh, guests um, from all backgrounds including many many Christians uh, who would um, just sit around the table with us and go through the holidays with us Uh, I look back at our family uh, scrapbook and I see Hanukkah for example and there's me, and there's my sisters and my brothers, and my brother and my parents, and and then you know, other friends and families, and we're all there lighting candles. So this is this is Passover Seder at my at my grandparents. And my grandfather uh, was a rabbi, and it was very important to him, uh, and his gratitude for for having found safe shores in Canada. He came from uh, Europe. His gratitude was really again. Please come and be our guest. Uh, I remember as a child growing up at Passover Seder, my grandparents would have every year the chief of police of Toronto and his wife and family at our Passover table. And this is a man who was a Christian. He was from Holland and originally. And so this became something that I was very, very used to. And I was also very used to the kinds of discussions that would happen and the respect that everyone would have for one another and for their differences. That's kind of like the background to to how I grew up in a sense by being exposed to Christians.
1: That's wonderful because it wasn't just about working together on some common cause. It was really developing friendships and true relationships and relationships of really just mutual respect and, and uh, two-way street and such a perfect background. And now I understand so much more about why God led you into the work that you're doing and why you're so effective at it. So finish the story a little bit. Tell us how you personally then uh, got involved in working with Christians uh, at, here in the land.
0: You know, it's, it's, uh, it's funny. Because, you know, a Jewish person winds up making Aliyah, means make, moving to Israel. They're moving to the Jewish homeland. They're surrounded by Jews. Everything's Jewish, okay? Everything's kosher, a lot of things. Uh, a lot of the country is closed on Shabbat. You know, there's a whole Jewish vibe going on here. And then I wind up doing a lot of work with Christians. It's almost like, a, it's, it's funny. And that's, I mean, that's the power of, 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 of our God. And, um so my entire world view of how of how things worked with with christians is exactly the way you said it it's about the relationship to be quite honest the this whole thing called interfaith dialogue that wasn't uh, really something that i was into uh and i know a lot of people do that and i think that's really really interesting um i'm not looking for dialogue i'm looking for relationships Okay, A dialogue seems to denote um, Okay, you've got your thing to say And I've got my thing to say And in some cases, maybe you want to win me over With your points And I'm going to win you over with my points It almost becomes like, not an interfaith dialogue But an interfaith debate I don't want that, I want a relationship More than anything else, I want you to come to our children's weddings I want to be there For you during your happy times And during your not so happy times I want to be able to have a real relationship, an honest relationship, and sometimes a relationship where it may even get difficult and even uncomfortable. But when there's real relationship, we can persevere. When I came to Israel and after a short while uh, got into, in a sense, the life-protecting business of placing bomb shelters in vulnerable communities, we found in very short order that the community that jumped in quickly and with 100% support were our Christian friends. And it's like, what is this? And what happened, Susan, was that anything that may have been differences between us, that became so far, far, far away from the core idea. The core idea is The sanctity of life the saving of life the protecting of life what can we do what can we do together to keep people alive okay because you know what all the dialogue and debate and discussion isn't worth anything if you're not alive let's keep people alive let's protect children let's protect the elderly holocaust survivors the the disabled Let's work with, with soldiers who have PTSD. These are all the communities that are top of our list when we provide bomb shelters. And the Christian Zionists, in other words, the Christians who look at Israel as the fulfillment of biblical prophecy, okay? Who look at Israel as not just any other country in the world, but as the, the, the land that God chose for the chosen people and our partners with us in this great laboratory, this great, great, great adventure, okay? And, and it was a very refreshing, surprising, okay, uh, thing to wind up literally partnering with Christians in the work of saving and protecting lives in Israel.
1: And as a part of your work, you've traveled to many countries, you've spoken in many churches, many Christian conferences, Uh, I know I run into you at a a lot of Christian conferences. (laughs) It's like, of course, (laughs) Uh, great to see you again. Um, So. Tell me, how how did it get started? Like, who was the first contact? And I know, let, let me just explain to our, for our audience, we, we partner with Rabbi Bowman by raising funds to place these bomb shelters. Uh, we've been concentrating on Southern Israel, which is near the Gaza Strip. And now I think we're focusing more and more on Northern Israel because there is a, a threat there as well and uh we as an organization have funded over 170 bomb shelters by now but you have placed over 500. wow what a special ministry it is because it we're we are saving lives But in addition to saving lives, we're just giving a greater sense of security to many families when they know that there is a shelter nearby now, or that there's a shelter at their children's playground that wasn't there before. They have a greater sense of security and that gives them just a little bit more peace. They may sleep just a little bit better at night. It it's very impacting on many lives. And then the fact that there's a donor plaque on each bomb shelter that tells this has been placed here by the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem or whoever the donor is really encourages the people that these Christians care enough about us that they funded this bomb shelter. So tell us how you got started in this and working with the Christians specifically.
0: So. The- when we started Operation Life Shield in 2006 following the Second Lebanon War as a response to the fact that the type of warfare that the enemy was was, was launching against Israel had changed. You have, uh, during the Second Lebanon War, 3,300 rockets firing at northern Israel in a period of one month. There's about over 100 rockets a day. And over almost a half a million Israelis uh, were deplaced, okay? They were, in a sense, refugees in, our, in their own country having to f- flee northern Israel. When the dust settled, so to speak, we looked around and said, well, what's needed? And the founders of Operation Life Show turned to the, Ar- to the Israeli army and said, what, what, what can we do? Because this is a country where we do. We step in. And they said, they told us that what we needed were shelters that you could run to quickly and then go back and carry on your life. And so we took that on as our as our focus and we're the lead um, charitable organization uh, in Israel that 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 uh, that places bomb shelters. And so when we started this, really, we didn't know who to turn to. And it just so happened that God placed it that one of the member one a team member happened to be on a bus sitting beside a Christian named Earl Cox. And Earl Cox uh, and his uh, friend Ben Kinchlow of blessed memory memory, had a uh, show with ICJ called Front Page Jerusalem, if I'm not mistaken, way back. And she started talking to him and invited him to see a bomb shelter. And when he saw that, and when he saw the bomb shelter, he actually saw it and a siren went off. And he understood how important it was. He started opening doors and introducing us to, to, uh, to the ICEJ uh, to Daryl Heading, uh, who was the head of ICEJ in Jerusalem at the time. Malcolm, yeah, Malcolm excuse me, Malcolm Heading, mm-hmm. pardon me. And, uh, and that started in a sense this wonderful, wonderful relationship that has just flourished and gone onward. Today, when you talk about the partnership, you talk about these plaques and I'm so, you know, like I've told I've told my colleagues at ICJ, I've told Nicole Yoder who's uh, head of Uh, aiden Aliyah, i believe that when you put a plaque a dedication plaque on a shelter that says this bomb shelter is donated by icj usa for example i think that that's a sanctification of god's name people have a chance to look at that and stop and say wait a second who donated this? Who just saved my life? Who is providing day-to-day comfort so my child can go to kindergarten and I can leave my child in school while I go to work? Who's this? Oh, let me look into this a little bit more. This is very interesting. So when you talk about doing Jewish-Christian relations, that's doing Jewish-Christian relations. Because now somebody who, who whose, whose life was just protected goes, wait a second, I need to understand this. I need to rethink Anything that I may have thought about regarding this 2,000-year history of Jewish-Christian relations, not all of which was so fantastic, to put it lightly. Israelis, many of whom have never, ever met a Christian before, are suddenly asking questions. And they're often coming to me, which makes it even more hilarious. Because here I am, an Orthodox Jewish rabbi, answering questions about why Christians love Israel. So, as I said, it's a sanctification of God's name.
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm sure you've gotten some pushback, some like you've had to explain a lot of times, I'm sure why you're doing what you're doing and why you're working with us. But I do know that there's also been moments of great, uh, gratitude to, from those that are receiving these shelters. And, um, so tell us, First of all, if you would give our audience some advice. Uh, Both we may have Jews listening to us and we have Christians listening to us. So what would be your advice to each group if they're wanting to begin to work together, but they uh, really have not yet begun and would like to learn from you? What would be your advice?
0: So Susan, we we are sitting in a... um in a window of opportunity and windows usually stay closed but this window is open if you were to ask my great grandparents back in Europe back in Poland what do, you think about, uh, what do you think about the possibility of a relationship with Christians after they finished laughing they would be crying it just wasn't possible if you were to ask Christians in our, in our history, what do you think of that idea of having a real, honest, true, f- loving relationship? It wouldn't even, it would be an impossibility. We are literally sitting in this incredible God-given window of opportunity. Ah, so now that, what do we do when we have a window of opportunity? We need to really be careful. We need to use this opportunity wisely because that window can be shut. Or a window over there can be shut, or a door over there can be closed. So how do we keep that window open? We need to really think about what this relationship looks like. We need to think about how we have respectful uh, consideration towards one another. We may be coming with our own worldviews and with our own marching orders. Uh, we, We may need to park that, okay, and focus on the relationship. It's like a family coming together, finally, after many, many years of bitter rivalry and infighting in a family or amongst friends or even in a business. You come down to that dining room table if it's a family or the boardroom table if it's a company or the negotiation table if it's between countries. And what you're going to do is you're going to say, we're going to have to leave all of our the bitterness and the difficulties at the door for now. And let's focus on just let's start with the basics who are you what's important to you tell me about your family tell me about your parents where are you from what are your dreams what are your hopes the basics of being a human being and not to start hammering each other over the head with oh yeah well the torah <laughs> thinks believes that 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 and that's why da, 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 or to come along and say yeah well the gospel and this is what you know i'm supposed to be telling you very nice. We've heard it all before. That's when the window is closed. Right now, the window is is open. And let's work on the relationship. Let's dance at each other's weddings. Let's cry at each other's funerals. Let's be there for each other. That's my advice for beginning.
1: We have so much to learn from each other. And if we are just there with our agenda, or we're just trying to push something on the other one, we rob ourselves of being able to learn from the other. Um, my life has been so enriched by this relationship, and I assume yours has too. Would you be able to share with us something that has impacted you personally from this work?
0: Um, yes, many things, and we don't have the time for this <laughs> in this conversation at the moment. One of the things that has impacted me is is a two-part thing is knowing that we're not doing this alone that we have partners in this great journey i do believe that god is looking at us at his children and saying all i want for my children is for them to get along and to respect one another right What, what 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 would any parent want for their children if not for other, others to like their children and to take care of them. That's what God wants from us. So I have seen that we have that and we're able to fulfill that. And it's absolutely amazing that we can do that. And the second thing is what happens when that happens? What is the effect in the world, in our lives, in our communities, when this relationship happens? And And I've seen this. So there's a very powerful story, if I may share, You know, I think about all the powerful, many, many powerful and meaningful stories that have happened, that have come out of this Jewish-Christian relationship, this Shmuel-Susan relationship. Uh, It's when we actually visited with um, uh, ICEJ directors uh, and uh, visitors to southern Israel, um, a farm field. Had gone up in flames in the region of Stot Negev on the Gaza border, at a kibbutz called Kibbutz Alumim, and um, it was such a horrific experience to be there. Literally, as the 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 char on the on the wheat had literally it was still smoldering. I was there, and you were there, mm-hmm. and and I don't know about you. I I think I, I don't if you have to wash your clothes afterwards. I think I had to throw my clothes out afterwards. The the smell of the burning stayed with us right and we literally drove the bus into what was just the day before a totally burning field and the security chief uh, rafi babian who lives there and is a farmer there has a personal relationship with this community with this field and he was so bitter and so sad and it was so it was such a tragic 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 moment and here we are jews and christians on this bus and muslims mm-hmm. there were two buses yeah. and each bus had a muslim arab driver mm-hmm. and rafi orthodox jewish man keep on his head stood in the mini- middle of a burning field what had been a burning field with the ashes still smoldering and asked all of us to come together in a circle, Jews and Christians, and to pray. And then he invited the Arab Muslim drivers to join us. And he also understood that if they didn't come, it was also because that they would fear for their lives because we're all taking pictures. Mm -hmm. And if their pictures were ever shared, their lives and their lives of their families would be in very serious danger. And so he understood that if they wouldn't be able to join us. But then we noticed something. We noticed even with the threat of death, the Arab drivers left the buses and joined the circle a little bit back so they wouldn't be photographed, but they joined our prayer circle. And I thought, isn't this amazing? Isn't God great that we are able to do this in this relationship? with Jews and Christians being able to come together in this tragedy of this burnt field that we were able to, in a sense, elevate and turn our prayers heavenward and be joined also by our Arab Muslim cousins. Isn't that amazing? I thought, for me, that was one of the great, great moments in my life.
1: You know what I love about it? Is that I was there that day (laughs) and that your number one story is one that I witnessed and was a part of, (laughs) and it was really special. He, Rafi, wanted to pray. Uh, He really wanted to pray together, and uh, it was so heartfelt, and... um, You've worked with a lot of these security chiefs in the South that we have come alongside. We've not only placed bomb shelters, we provided uh, firefighting equipment for them and safety gear and all. Do you have another story of maybe a response from some of the security chiefs of what this has meant to them?
0: Look, the when you're talking about practical equipment, our prayers have to have feet. Okay, Our prayers have to, we can pray and pray, and, and then the idea is, how do we act? And yes, I, I'm, I, I'm literally talking and meeting with the security chiefs from all the regions and municipalities in southern Israel, by the, around the Gaza border, and all the security chiefs in northern Israel facing the Lebanon border. I'm talking with them literally every single day. And they're reporting back to me on how these projects, these gifts... That are coming from christians who want to stand with us and be partners with us are literally saving lives on a day-to-day basis so for example a kibbutz Sa'ad, where on that particular day school had been canceled okay and the principal um Yehezkel, his name imagine having a name his, have you imagine having the name you know <laughs> of Ezekiel Ezekiel. you know as the principal Ezekiel is having a staff meeting and meanwhile rockets are falling on the school but the school is protected at the end of the day he goes out into the schoolyard where we have placed bell shelters by the ICEJ he notices something strange because he knows that school's canceled that day he notices something strange he sees a baby stroller He sees a telephone, a cell phone in it, abandoned. What's going on? He goes a little bit further and in the darkness of the bell shelter, because it now is nighttime, there was a mother, a child, an adult friend, and a dog cowering inside this dark bell shelter. She had left her cell phone in the baby stroller because they ran and left everything. So she couldn't be in contact with anybody. And there she was in that bomb shelter bombs had literally rockets had literally fallen around her this mother her friend her child and their dog their lives were all saved and it was witnessed by the principal the school principal who reported back to me and called me and said your friends your christian friends saved an entire world
1: That's beautiful. Well, I hope that you all have enjoyed learning from Rabbi Bowman today and just get a taste of the depth of the relationship that we are privileged to be a part of in our generation, in our day. As he said, the window is open now and uh, such a fulfilling relationship. And so we've learned so much from you today and from your experiences. We thank you for sharing with our audience and we look forward to having you back on another day so we will see you back here next week and until then god bless
0: we hope you have enjoyed this episode of out of zion with susan michael be sure to subscribe to out of zion now on apple podcasts cpn youtube or wherever you like to listen and learn out of zion with susan michael is a production of icej usa all rights reserved